What's up, guys? Daniel Levy from Best Fight Picks and Half the Battle here. I already know what you guys want to hear. Welcome back to Half the Battle. I'm your host, as always, Daniel Levy. And guys, uh, Robert Whitaker just went out there, beat Darren Till in the main event. And man, that was a that was a, a bit of a chess battle, you know. I think a lot of people expected it to be kind of one-sided, and that wasn't the case at all. It was a it was a very interesting fight. I mean, it's it's funny because on my breakdown, I was doing the whole, you know, skill of the man, will of the man shit in terms of like, I was saying that Robert's more skilled, but Darren might have more will. But honestly, it was the exact opposite. It seemed to me like whenever Darren committed to anything, like that dude is dangerous. His left hand, his uppercut, the elbows, the kicks, like anytime he actually let it go, it's like, holy shit, like this guy is serious. It's just that he didn't really do enough, and it seemed like Whitaker outworked him. It was Whitaker who seemingly wanted it more, but here's what I want to say, though, because the whole thing is about this uh, inactivity, you know, with, with Darren Till, and it's like, yeah, to us as viewers, as betters, as DraftKings players, there's definitely inactivity, and, you know, the the strikes landed per minute, that whole, that whole ordeal, you're 100% right, but when you think of it from Darren Till's perspective, I mean, this guy's in the middle of a war with Robert Whitaker. He's not thinking like, well, I've only landed two significant strikes, so now I need to throw another one. You know what I mean? Like, he's not like, well, two minutes have gone by. Now it's a good time to throw another strike. No, I think that when you're going to war and you're fighting for your life against a guy like uh, Robert Whitaker, I mean, it is what it is. And Till, Till's got an interesting style because at this point, we've already seen him with so many high-level fighters that – it's, it's interesting how he's able to kind of slow down fights against guys like Wonderboy, guys like uh, tonight, Robert Whitaker, even the Kelvin Gastelum fight. You know, he was the guy that uh, Kelvin Gastelum had an 100% knockdown rate at middleweight until he fought Darren Till. So Darren has an interesting way of kind of, you know, slowing the pace of these fights. And But, man, if he could just do a little bit more, like I feel like he's so damn capable of going out there and and doing more even in a fight like this i know robert whitaker is the former champion and you know this is the the best fighter that till's ever fought but like don't y'all feel like if he would have just thrown a tiny bit more he could have got it done but look whitaker made a fantastic adjustment after the first round so in that first round till clips him with the elbow clean and man it was looking really bad for whitaker for a little bit there but towards the end of the first round he started making an adjustment and he found a home for that calf kick against Darren Till. And man, that calf kick took a lot out of Darren Till. That, that calf kick is single-handedly one of the most important tools in the entire sport. And I mean, it, it arguably won Robert Whitaker this fight, man. So he starts to kind of turn things around at the end of the first round, but you, you definitely got to give Till the first round. And then the second round comes out there and man, Robert put it on Darren Till. So he comes back with a knockdown of his own and he showed off some of that nice grappling. I like that guard pass a lot. Uh, it was just a kind of a unique scenario to not see Robert Whitaker's, you know, kind of those, those aggressive hooks from awkward angles. They weren't really working on a guy like there until, so he had a, he had to go to, to the calf kick. And it's interesting. He did it against the Southpaw, you know, maybe, maybe till checked it once or twice, but for the most part, he wasn't checking shit. So man, uh, props to Whitaker. I definitely felt like he earned the victory, even though you can make a case of first, fourth and fifth for till, the fourth is the is the controversial one, and let, let me explain what I mean by that. So, in that fourth round, yes, Whitaker did more activity, you know, no doubt about it. But there was one little wobble that, uh, you know, Till landed something hard on him, made him do a tiny little chicken dance. It was kind of like that round against Yoel, where like 
Whitaker's like winning the entire round, and then Yoel wobbles and makes him do a really bad chicken dance, and it's like, who do you score that round for, right? So I feel like the fourth might be the swing round. So the fifth I gave to Till, the first I gave to Till, and then second, third, and fourth. Second and third for Whitaker for sure. Fourth is the one where it's like, who do you score that for? So it's an interesting fight for sure. Um, you know, nice little technical chess battle. Let's see what y'all got to say. You guys are legit. No, you're legit, man. I appreciate it. Chief hindsight analyst. Hashtag half the battle. I appreciate it. I made my boy wait for 11 minutes. Appreciate you uh, sticking around. Born ready. Hell yeah. Okay, we'll get to we'll get to we'll get to Panny soon. My boy Troy's too lit. What are y'all saying about this fight though? Uh till not robbery. Clear three two could have been four one. Uh, for who? You saying you saying for Till or are you saying for Whitaker? <laughs> we'll talk. We'll we'll get to her soon after that unbelievable stunt. Both fighters pulled stunts. We'll we'll get to Marina's fight very very soon. Okay, Matthew says main event was more of a chess match than a fight, but it's all about the W. Exactly, Matthew. You get it, my friend. It's all about the W. Nothing else matters. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like. If we're talking from a non-betting perspective, if we're talking from a non-drafting perspective, and you know we take that cap off, then yeah, okay, then we care about you know entertainment, and we still do care about entertainment. Obviously, we, you know, we don't want to watch boring fights all day, but at the end of the day, above everything else, the W. So, you're 100 about that, Matthew. We'll get to Alex Cowboy here soon. All right. So Frank says close fight, but Bobby clearly won three two. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of how I had it. But again, it all comes down to how you score that fourth round. Why don't you all let me know how you all score that fourth round? Do you favor the activity of Whitaker or do you favor that one big moment of Till? Like, I think that's literally the story in the fourth round, unless I'm missing something. But that's off the top of my head. That's kind of what the ordeal was, right? Cloud says, my boy Rob dodged a bullet by Jared getting injured. <laughs> Cannoneer, definitely a dark horse. Yeah, you know, I'm glad you brought that up because I think what's going to happen is that uh cannoneer is probably going to get the winner of uh, adesanya versus uh paula boricina and then they can do the whitaker versus hermanson fight and I, and I, honestly i feel like whitaker and hermanson is the perfect fight for both guys where they are in their respective careers because look i know we all thought you know that uh whitaker probably won that fight but i think we also can agree that He's not going to beat Israel Adesanya anytime soon. So I think Hermanson is the proper next fight for him. And uh, Hermanson earned it with that first-round heel hook. So that's what I want to see, Whitaker versus Hermanson. You all cool with that, or, or you got a different idea? Because I don't want to see – I mean, don't get me wrong. Whitaker versus Cannoneer, I will watch. But, like, I, I think that I, I don't want to see him take that kind of damage yet. You know, I want to see the, the striker versus the grappler with him and Hermanson. So Hermanson's a tricky guy, man. Like, I didn't expect him to heel hook uh, Kelvin at all. That was – that was serious. Eric said, Whitaker looked jack, but he wasn't technical in the first round. He jumped on Reaper plus 155 live between rounds. Nice. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not that he wasn't technical. It's that like when, when you're trying to close the distance on a guy like Darren Till and, you know, he's a counter fighter, he's waiting for his perfect opportunity to either land that elbow when you're trying to come in or you know, the straight left down the pipe, it's like, you got to be super careful. And like the kind of shit that, you know, where Whitaker has this huge speed advantage over these guys like Jacare and, you know, some of the other guys he was fighting uh, on the way up. 
uh darren till you know he's a, he's a young hungry lion too so this was just a completely different fight man he had to play it uh he had, he couldn't go out there as wild as he normally is because you saw what happened i mean till till is no slouch man till just needs to let it go a slightly more just give me this much more effort even though it's like for me to say that it, it's almost like a ridiculous statement if i say that to till it's a ridiculous statement because he's like dude like well, wh why don't you go fucking fight robert whitaker you know what i mean so it's like what can you really say but at the end of the day if you want to get that judge's decision a little bit more output is what's gonna seal the deal for you because it's like you see these like flashes of brilliance when Whitaker closes the distance until hits him with some some nice stuff, even defensively speaking, some of that head movement is just and even the feints, man, in that first fucking round when 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 Till was fresh before he took all those calf kicks, like those feints, he had Robert Bidey on every single feint in that first round. If you could just maintain that throughout the five rounds, like Till Till is no slouch. And obviously Whitaker, the reason I'm praising Till more than Whitaker is because like we already know Whitaker, you know, held the belt and defended it. Like the dude's a stud. It's just till, you know, a lot of people had a lot of questions about him. A lot of people thought he was going to come out here, get knocked out in the first round. I think he proved a lot that, you know, you, you got to be serious if you're going to go out there and beat a guy like Darren Till is basically what I'm trying to say. So I think uh, this will be a valuable learning lesson, hopefully. I mean, because he's had a couple other low volume fights. But I mean, all he can do is go back to the drawing board and come back better. And for uh, Robert Whitaker, you're fighting uh, Jack Hermanson next. So I cannot wait. My boy Eric thinks it might have been 4-1. 4-1 for who? Wicker was plus 140 after the first round. Yeah, for sure. I mean, after that elbow dropped him, no doubt about it. Cloud says, if Till would up his volume, he would definitely win so many more fights. Yeah, I agree. It's like when you go out there and Tyron Woodley lands more strikes than you, that's an issue. And then not only that, guys, he landed zero strikes in that fight. But granted, that was at 70. It was a different time. The way he looks at 85 is a lot better, but you're right. That was also the issue at 72, not just here at 85. So he's gotten better about it, but he still needs to take it up one more notch. And I mean, I think he's got all the potential in the world, man. It's just, he's got to make it happen. Rick Jones, I fuck with y'all, my dude. I, I fuck with you, my dude. I appreciate it. Eric says, Till was so passive. I know that's uh, that's what cost him the decision. Z says, if he had ended raw with the elbow in the first i would have cleaned up on dk i know right and if uh marina rodriguez would have got up from bottom i would have had my best night of the year but instead we, we take the slight win and we move on uh matthew says till whitaker whitaker till oh okay he's scoring the rounds <laughs> he says three two for whitaker Eric says, Till hardly did anything in the fourth round. I know. That's like what we were talking about, man. It's kind of like the Yoel situation where, like, Whitaker clearly had the output advantage. It was just the one big moment belonged to Till. So it's like, what do you favor more? Do you favor the effort of Whitaker or do you favor that one big moment where, where Till wobbled him? So really comes down to what you, you know, what you favor more when you're judging a fight. And apparently tonight – all three judges uh, favored Whitaker's activity more, as they did against uh, Yoel Romero. And uh, I believe, what was that fight in Chicago? Y'all let me know. AJ, Dan is showing up during after hours. Love the passion. I appreciate you. Y'all are showing up with me. It's not just me. Y'all are here too. So thank y'all so much. <laughs> Pedro says, I'm glad we're not hearing Shaq's dumbass. Damn, man, that's brutal. Should we, uh, should we get you on to replace him, Pedro? You want to come on here with me and show me what you got, my guy? Kyle says, 
sliding in some support, brother. I'm Kyle David on Twitter. Quick in and out. Kids crying off his head. Got to put him down. It's 10 p.m. my way. I appreciate you sliding in, bro. Really do. Thank you so much. Dylan says, Betch trying to touch gloves to end rounds with 10 seconds left is the most Betch shit I've ever seen. I know, right? That was crazy. All right, hold on. My, my shit just like scrolled all over the place. So I, I got to like scroll back up to, to see. Okay, here we go. Frank, Till is too cautious and tentative, but he impressed me. Yeah, well said. I mean, that's basically like what the deal is, right? Like he's got all these flashes of brilliance. He's got all the potential. I mean, he's huge for the weight class. He was huge for 70s. He's, he's huge for 85s too. It's like, just give me a little bit more effort, Darren Till. And uh, I think he could stick around the top five. So this is going to be a big moment in his career. How is he going to bounce back? Because it's like from the uh, from the Woodley loss, you know, obviously the, the result against Masvidal wasn't what he wanted, but performance-wise, the Masvidal fight was a way better performance than the Woodley fight because you think about it this way. He lands zero strikes against Woodley and, you know, loses his dream at the time of being the champion. So that's a crushing blow. And also it's, a, it's an even more crushing blow to land less strikes than a guy like Tyron Woodley who doesn't throw anything, right? But regardless of that, it comes back against Masvidal, actually drops him in the first 10 seconds. So it appears things are going good, but like some of his reactions at 170 pounds were a little bit too slow because, you know, he needs those extra 15 pounds of water in his body, in his brain. And you saw tonight uh, how much better he looks. So now it's about go out there, throw a little bit more, and, and we'll see uh, what happens after that. Cloud says that word doom line was definitely whacking rats to all who sniped it. Oh, you already know. Bestfightpicks.com. Hit that plus 300. We'll get to that soon. Yo, Levy, I called word doom out to you last recap video you did. That's right. You did. I remember that. Good job, man. I appreciate it. Appreciate uh, the, the heads up. You know, I was eyeing it the whole time, but, you know, I can't give that away, bro. But uh, plus 300, it uh, it came through. So we'll talk We'll talk about that soon. Let me see if y'all got anything more on me about uh Whitaker until Kyle says, Dan's the boss, Dan's the man. You're the boss, you're the man. I appreciate it, bro. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Cloud did nail it. Pedro says, I'm just mad I didn't get we're doomed by submission higher than plus 535. Hey, but you you got we're doomed by submission regardless. So who cares? Take that win and move on to the next, you know. Brandon Parker says, you gave till the fifth. He got taken out three times at the end of the round, and the strikes were close. Yeah, I mean, look, you're right. On paper, he did kind of get taken out three times. But to me, it seemed like in that fifth round, that was the closest to the first round in terms of uh, uh, Till actually letting it go. So I, I thought he definitely landed the more significant strikes in the fifth round. And I also thought that he threw enough volume that round to where you could actually justify giving the round. And I didn't really think that the takedowns, you know, over overrided what uh what till did in that specific round so yeah i personally gave the fifth to to till and yeah the fourth is still my swing round man i'm actually curious to see what the judges scored it should we, should we check mma decisions real quick and see what they said because like were they all unanimous in terms of the rounds that they scored for each guy or was it all over the place i'm very curious to find out so i'm about to tell y'all here in a second oh, okay wow they don't even fucking have round by round they just have the official scores in terms of 48 47 times three all right well if y'all find out y'all let me know you know which rounds uh, each guy got scored for all right okay god bless you dan thanks for all your hard work every week thank you very much for tuning into all my hard work every week i appreciate that z said all the judges gave one to till two and three to rob 
then they are split on the champ rounds. Oh, wow. So the shit wasn't even unanimous in terms of like where they scored each round. That That's very interesting. I appreciate you uh, clarifying that, Z. Uh, so, okay. So let me read that again. All the judges gave one to Till, two and three to Rob. Okay. So if it's a three-round fight, that's 29-28 Rob. And then the champ round. So, okay. Can you find out like how many scored the fourth round for uh, for Till and then how many scored the fifth round for him? Because I'm very curious how they viewed uh, both those rounds. Dylan says, I'm not sure five was a till round elbow that opened him up. What else? Um, I, I mean, I swear he landed like some more, you know, straight lefts. What else does he throw, right? <laughs> no, but like, you know, some straight lefts, the elbow that opened him up. Uh, I don't know. I, I got to rewatch it. Just live, uh, I remember thinking that you could have given, you could, you could have gave that fifth round a till. So Frank gave the fourth round a till, but the fifth to Rob. Okay. Interesting. So it's like, do y'all do y'all uh, favor those takedowns more than uh, what Till landed that round, or do you kind of feel like it was kind of close on the feet, and then Rob edged it with those takedowns? Because if that's the perspective you're coming from, I understand. It just you know off memory, it seemed to me like uh, Till was actually landing the harder shots in that fifth round. I'm only talking about the fifth round, and actually let it go enough to where you could justify giving that round to him. So it'd be interesting to uh, to read uh, which rounds the judges gave it to, or. You guys know what I'm trying to fucking say. All right. Jimmy says, very high percentage on tonight's winners should be faded in the future. Oh, yeah. Look, it's all about the matchup. That's all it comes down to. All about the matchup. Sydney Baptiste says, two judges gave fourth to Till and two judges gave fifth to Till. So, oh, yeah, man. So Rob already had it sealed, huh? Yeah, you know, like I said, man, you could definitely make the argument for fourth, fifth uh, till, but you can also make the argument for Rob, too. So it's really about what you favor when you're scoring a fight. Dylan says, if Costa beats Izzy, would you be okay with Whitaker Costa? I mean, yeah, of course I'd be okay with it. Do I think Whitaker's going to win that fight? No, I don't. But, uh, you know, it, it'd be interesting to see where they line it. Um, and, you know, that's no disrespect to Rob. I, I just feel like I don't want to see him take on these super heavy hitters like Izzy or uh, or or uh, Paula Boricina. I mean, do y'all think uh, Rob would beat Boricina right now? I mean, may maybe I'm wrong, you know, but I, I don't know, man. I want to see him fight Hermanson. Uh, I think that's the right next step for him. Five Diamond says, bad style match for Hermanson. Rob, takedown defense, too good. Yeah, no, I mean, I feel you on that. It it's just one of those things where it's like Rob's takedown defense is incredible, um, but we, we have seen him taken down before. And Hermanson's a tricky guy. Like, on paper, you're right. Like, I would line uh, Whitaker the favorite in that spot, no doubt about it. And I think he's got a lot of advantages, no, no questions asked. Uh, it's just Hermanson, he's the joker, man. He'll he'll surprise you with some shit. So I definitely want to see that fight because it's like I definitely ain't throwing Hermanson in there with Cannoneer or Paulo Borgina, you know what I mean? So I feel like these two got to fight each other. Stanley says, I was impressed by Till tonight despite the loss. Uh, he needs more volume score at four one Rob. Okay, so you only scored the first round for Till then? Yeah, I mean, you know, you can make you can definitely make the argument, you know, for uh for Rob winning four rounds. I personally had it three two. Cloud says, Izzy has been my money train. Not betting uh the Costa, legit Costa can beat him. Probably his toughest matchup. Very tough matchup. I'm very curious to see uh how that one goes down, you know, in terms of how Izzy uh, responds to the shots that Costa throws. You know, can Costa maintain that same pace throughout the five-round duration, or will it kind of wane, you know, in the 
you know, once it hits the third, fourth, and fifth. And there's a lot of things that I'm curious about when you talk about a fight like that. No doubt about it. Uh, my boy Z just uh, DM me the scorecards. So I'm going to tell you what they said. All right. So all three judges scored the first round for, for Darren Till. All three judges scored the second and third for Robert Whitaker. And then... Wow, they don't even fucking tell me the names of these judges. It says white judge, blue judge, and yellow judge. What the fuck? But anyways, white judge said fourth round for Till and fifth round for Whitaker. Blue judge said uh, fourth round for Whitaker, fifth round for Till. And okay, here we go. It does say their names. Ben Cartledge, Anders Olsen, and Clemens Werner. Y'all ever heard of those guys? But anyways, Clemens Werner uh, scored it. Round four for Till and round five for Whitaker. So, man, those championship rounds were all over the place. So it really, it really just came down to that, honestly. Nick Rodriguez, Till was almost knocked out though in, in round two, right? Yeah, all, all three judges scored uh, round two for for uh, Robert Whitaker. So it's no issue there. Bernardo Oliveira says, "I saw Whitaker one second round only." <laughs> That's funny. Matthew says, hindsight is 2020, but even before the fight, I thought Whitaker was valued more than a pick'em. Definitely saw value in that line. Whitaker should have been minus 150, minus 160 easily. I mean, I guess. Uh, I mean, it was a close fight that kind of came down to the wire in a way. I mean, according to the judges' scorecards, it came down to the wire. So, honestly, I personally think it. You know, the pick'em was, you know, with a slight lean on Whitaker was the right line, but. You know, this is all after the fact. Uh, at the end of the day, he he got the win, so it is what it is. So Kyle Miller, this shit is so real. I'm putting the <laughs> I'm trying to put my kids to sleep, and I can't hang up on the shit. I appreciate that, man. Uh, are are they still giving you a lot of trouble? They still being loud or what? You know, maybe. Uh, I think I think they'll be good. I I got faith in you, bro. All right, Bernardo Oliveira, till back on the ground is like a turtle. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, hey, at least he didn't get submitted, right? It was a step in the in the right direction because it was funny because he was like in the exact same spot that he was in in the Woodley fight where he gets dropped and they're in that half guard position. I'm like, is Rob about to go for a dart stroke here? But, you know, Till was able to pop back up, you know. He's kind of tough to hold down. He's a big dude. So, man, uh, it, it was good to see Whitaker uh, show off some of his ground game. You know, I feel like it's been a while since we've seen it, you know, offensively speaking. I, you know, the last time we saw it was obviously the Yoel Romero fights, and his takedown defense is unbelievable. His submission defense, you saw the Jacare fight. So, yeah, Whitaker is a very talented guy. Nick Rodriguez says, clear 3-2 for Whitaker. Chris says, my guy, Dan, what's good? What's good, Chris? What's up, man? Jimmy says, where does Cannonier go next? He's a serious problem in the division. He uh, fights the winner of uh, Paulo Boracino versus Israel Adesanya for the undisputed UFC middleweight title, man. He, he's up next. Fucking Marina, dude. <laughs> RIP. Yeah, I know. That was uh, that was something. Stanley says, I think Till volume is so low because he looks for a single shot and was looking to catch Rob coming in. Yeah, he was definitely looking to catch Rob coming in, no doubt about it. Um, I mean, I guess in a nutshell, you're right. You know, he is trying to look for that counter the entire time, but 
he's definitely capable of going out there and doing more. Like in that fifth round, that's the first time I saw him like actually pump the jab a little bit. I was like, dude, like where's this been the entire fight besides round one? So, you know, I, I think that uh, he'll go back to the drawing board, watch this fight, and this will probably be a very frustrating one for him because it was within reach, you know, so. But a very gritty win for uh, Robert Whitaker nonetheless. Hermanson is very bad game for Till. Yeah, I know. I want to see uh, – well, if he gets on top of him, I agree. But I kind of want to see, uh, like I told you already, Hermanson versus Whitaker. I think that's the fight to make. And not not Till versus Gastelum rematch. We're not going to go in that direction. I haven't really thought about what we should do with Till next. Uh, we can look at the rankings here in a sec, unless you all got some suggestions. What do y'all think about Till and Brunson after Brunson loses to uh, Edmund next week? Eric says, yeah, there were a couple of us in here who called the Wardoom fight. A woman named Annette Ryan also. Well, congrats to you and Annette Ryan. Nick says he'll bet Till to defeat Hermanson. Yeah, I don't think they're going to fight, man, but if they do, uh, you know, I hope you uh, get dog odds on that. Bernardo, Marina, worst wrestling in UFC um yeah you're not gonna get an argument from me there you know that was that was something man i i was very i mean i wasn't surprised she got taken down but i was like surprised that how long it took her to get back up i was like are you kidding me right now thomas mcdonald says how high can evloev reach in the division man he is talented should we just go ahead and talk about that fight real quick like that evloev fight was something else because that first round grundy comes out like a bat out of hell grundy cracks him with something hard takes him down and man, when he started to set up that Darce choke, I mean, I thought it was about to be game set and match. And the defense that Evloev showed, the composure to to get out of a spot like that, like that was a locked in Darce, man. Like he had the leg hooked and everything, man. And Evloev's a, a special individual, you know what I mean? Like obviously, we we love his volume on the feet, we love his wrestling ability, but now we know about his heart. Now we know about his resolve. And uh, Evloev. He's got a very bright future, so that was a that was a very inspiring performance as far as I'm concerned. My boy Dan Tom says, stopping in to pay my respects and say what's up. Congrats on the hits tonight. I appreciate you so much. My boy Dan Tom cashed in on Trinaldo. You know where you know we saw you do that, man. Good shit. Uh check my boy out. Check us out. The line movement MMA betting show. Y'all, y'all heard my new show yet with Dan Tom? It's pretty fucking badass. Make sure you check it out. Linemovement.com. Sydney says, has Rob and Ben Henderson's toothpick <laughs> wait, has Rob had Ben Henderson's toothpick in these uh in for these Romero until decisions? So that's funny as hell, because y'all remember back when Benson was, you know, doing his thing, a lot of people criticized him because they thought a lot of those decisions were very controversial and he would always fight with that toothpick and you know the ref, the you know, the inspection staff, no one, no one would see it. So he got away with it, and then he'd win those decisions. It was an interesting thing. Sex God says, love your podcast, bro. Look forward to it every card. I appreciate you, Sex God. Frank says, Till isn't one-dimensional, but his game definitely revolves around his left hand. Give us a little more diversity. Yeah, definitely. Or just, you know, throw throw more is all I need. Just throw a little bit more till like you got what it takes. Like his weapons are fucking awesome, man. That left hand is great. The kicks, the elbow, 
just need a little bit more let it go more like maybe maybe don't counter the entire time but like again who who am i to tell darren till what to do he's got you know we got to a you know a fight with robert whitaker in the main event on espn doing what he does for a reason you know maybe just robert whitaker was the better guy maybe robert whitaker wanted it more so robert whitaker outworked him tonight but yeah i would like to see a little bit more output from till early prediction for izzy versus costa man that's a tough fight to call I see a lot of confidence both ways. And obviously, you can make a compelling uh, case for both. Uh, you know, the stick and move, the striking prowess of Izzy Adesanya, the championship experience, or, you know, the raw power of Costa. And honestly, like people just say he's just a power guy, which, you know, he does only throw power, but like his technique, the way he moves it up, he, the way he mixes it up to the body. And also, he rips a very hard body kick. Like he, he's got some good shit, man. I like uh, Boricini a lot. So, I cannot wait for that fight. Bernardo Oliveira says that elbow opened a red sea on Whitaker's head. Yeah, it was a nice, it was a nicely placed elbow. Would have liked to see more than two elbows, right? Danny Moore says I like Izzy too, but I had the fight three-two for Rob. Yeah, yeah, I think three-two uh, is what I had it as well. Boog said four is very hard to judge. I watched it three times now. Oh, really? Okay, yeah, exactly. Like live, I was like, man, like I think till got that round but like definitely worried about you know the activity of whitaker once again um no questions asked it's like it's like he got wobbled but then he went back and you know got the round back danny moore's got a one and five for till two and four for whitaker or two through four for whitaker for sure yeah yeah that's how i had it too all right i i think i think we get the point of this fight right we, we spent a good bit talking about this fucking main event we can move on so We'll figure out a fight for a till later. Maybe you can fight Brunson after this Shabazian fight. And you already know the deal. Uh, Whitaker versus Hermanson next. So the co-main event between the two legends, man, that was a fucking great fight, just like their other two fights. Uh, anytime Shogun and Lil Nog get uh, booked for a battle, that's exactly what it's going to be, a battle, you know, a three-round fight. And, you know, to see them go out there, my boy Lil Nog's 44 years old, guys. And to see him go out there and have that kind of fight, you know, I feel like it came down to that third round. Shogun kind of edged it. But first round, honestly, actually comes down to the first round. Because, look, second round was Lil Nog's round. Third round was Shogun's round. It all comes down to how you score that first. Because I felt like, you know, Shogun got the takedown. Shogun might have had a little more activity. But, you know, in those in those exchanges, Noguera was busting them up. So it's all about how you score that first round. How'd you all score? Let me know. Um, but, man, it's awesome to see those legends uh, go to war once again. Shogun's now 3-0. and to close out the trilogy and uh you know Lil Nog retired but you know he goes out with wins against Dan Henderson Alistair Overing two times Tito Rashad like you know he, he had a fantastic career and you know the memorable trilogy with Shogun like there's so much you can say about Lil Nog and uh Shogun Shogun's, Shogun's the man you know he's you know the funny thing about Shogun is that he's actually, you know, just on paper on the best run of his UFC career. He's like five one and one in uh, his last seven fights or something among those lines. And it's funny because even when he was like the champ and stuff, he or the number one contender, he wasn't really stringing too many wins together. You know, now he's man, he's he's been doing his thing. So it's cool to see legends get fights like that. And you know, the fact that we don't have to see like shogun versus yuri prohaska like we, we don't want to see that shit you know what i mean because it's like that, that's just sad right whereas here shogun versus little nog you know even playing field like that was the perfect fight so 
I'm curious to see what they do next uh, with Shogun. Let's take a look at the rankings real quick. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's a brutal business. If they got to feed him to a prospect, they got to do what they got to do. But, you know, for selfish reasons, since I love Mauricio Shogun, let's uh, let's keep him in these Legends type fights, man. Um, let's see if there's any more Legends in this division. Oh, it's too bad he got knocked out by Lionheart Smith. You know what I mean? It's like we got to be careful who we match him up with. Like, do y'all think uh, Volcan Uzdemir is too much for Shogun, or do you think, or you think that's a reasonable fight? Y'all, let me know. Nick says Till was trying to weasel this fight. Um, yeah, he was trying to weasel a little bit. All right, let's see. Uh, okay, so Warrior says. Boracinha obliterates Rob inside 10 minutes. Damn. Yeah, I'm very curious to see what happens in that fight, man. Like, inside 10 minutes. I mean, that Yoel fight, you know, it's funny. Like, I can almost talk about that Yoel fight how I talk about tonight's fight. Like, if Yoel just did a little bit more, like, Yoel, why'd you stop fighting after the second round? You know what I mean? It's crazy. It's like he did that against Whitaker, too. So, yeah, I mean, you might be on to something, man. I. This guy, Boracinha, is no fucking joke at all. Like, he hits so much harder than these guys, and it seems like he's got the endurance to go the full distance. So, like, that's one of the fights I'm most looking forward to out of any fight this year. So, can't wait to can't wait to see what happens when those two square off, man. Z's MMA. What's up, Z? He says, Till says Rob blew his knee out with a stomp in the second round. Oh, so it wasn't, like, related to the calf kicks? Interesting. So, man, when you... When you add all those things up, man, he had a lot of trauma towards that leg tonight, didn't he? Dylan says, Rob, don't beat Borchinia. I just don't know that if I am Rob, 10-1, your last 11, only losing to, Itty, to Izzy, you get number six from Manson. Uh, yeah, but that, that's not how this shit works, man. I mean, let's look at the rankings right now. Uh, Izzy's tied up with Paulo. Jared's getting the winner. Rob already fought Yoel twice. Uh, Rob already fought Darren till tonight, so the last man standing is Jack Hermanson. So it's really about who's available, who's willing to fight. That's the next fight, my boy. Simon says, Last time we get to fade Gus. Oh, that was so nice. I can't wait to talk about that. All right, Danny Moore, go check Twitter. I sent you scorecards with judge's name. I appreciate that, Danny. Cindy says, I nearly wrecked my fucking house when Esparza jumped for that ankle again in round two. Yeah, I wish he did it again in round three so that Marina could have got the nod, but, you know, it is what it is. Teller's burner account, I don't know who that is, but if it's a fan of the show, I appreciate it, bro. Kyle Miller, thanks for multiple shout-outs. I had Rob 3-2. I can't recall when I gave someone a round one and five anyone else. Yeah, for sure. Eric said, I just saw on Twitter after the fights, uh, they were saying Shemaev might be getting a fight lined up for 252. Kid's a fucking animal, man. Like, damn, he'll literally fight uh, all the time. It's great. So now, like, let's give him a slight step up. Or, or do you think we should still take it slow? Because, what, he's only 8-0 now? So it's just like he's going to run through. Like, Shemaev is going to run through these lower-level guys, uh, no problem. So it's like, do we want to test them out yet? Or no? I mean, what do, you, what do y'all think? Let me know in, in the comments. Let me see what y'all are saying on Twitter real quick. Give me a second here. Okay. <laughs> I appreciate I appreciate the shout-out, gentlemen. My boy Brian Jeffrey says, who's got the best uh, post-fight show on, on YouTube? My boy Z says, clearly best fight picks. 
I mean, it's just facts, man. It's just science. Uh, nine out of ten doctors approve, <laughs> you know? So Eric says, Grundy nearly had him. Yeah, Grundy did nearly have him, but close but no cigar. Nick says Shogun is 6-1-1. One one. Is that true? Is it 6-1-1 one one or 5-1-1? One one? Let me look this up. Is it really 6-1-1? One, one? one, two, three, four, five, one and one. Nah, bro. I I'm right on this one, my boy Nick. It's 5-1-1. One one. All right, let's see. All right, sorry, my shit got scrolled down, so I'm gonna scroll up and uh, see what y'all are saying. <laughs> Joel says, "Say Grundy properly, please, Dan." All right, I will. I'm, I'm losing my voice here, but I got you, bro. Don't worry, I got you. He's <laughs> making me laugh. Grundy. Evloev is a serious fighter. Yes, he is, man. Yes, he is very, very serious. All right, I think I, I think I've caught up with most of it so now i can start scrolling down naturally i don't gotta scroll up okay grundy yeah okay kyle says evlua was impressive i was confused who to be high on for that fight but i thought we were looking at fire versus fire yeah it was a fucking great fight um you know i was actually kind of surprised about the 230 27s i guess when i watched it i kind of gave the first round of grundy the second and third uh, uh evlua so they got the winner correct I was just kind of surprised to see uh, 30 27s for Evloev. Uh, what do y'all think? A am I tripping? or Because like I, I felt like Grundy won that first round with the takedown, with the near Darsa you know, attempt and this and that. Or do you guys think that Evloev kind of stole it back? Because some of Evloev's get-ups, that butterfly sweep he had, like Evloev is fucking serious. And Grund Grundy will be back too. Look out for Grundy. Why did Grundy release that choke? He let Evloev out. No, nah, he didn't let him out. I uh, Evloev escaped, man. Like, so basically, Grundy had that shit locked in. He had the leg hooked, and usually, when you get the leg hooked on a Darce choke, that, that shit's almost but guaranteed to be over. But Evloev was smart enough to push off the hips, and he just created that little bit of space to get his leg out. And from there, he was able to scramble and uh, turn out. And man, that was that was a serious escape by uh, by Evloev. Because I'm telling you right now, man, that. Uh, Grundy will choke some other people with that, no doubt about it. Bernardo says, Evlo versus Grundy was a pre was a preview of Dodson versus Murad. Like, so you think it's gonna be like a back and forth fight where like Dodson kind of gets the first and then Murad kind of takes over late type thing? Is that what you're saying? Nick says, give Chimaev a fight next week. I know that's what he wants, man. That's what he fucking wants. You know what? I'll tell you what. Let's pull up the roster right now and let's see. Let's match up uh, Himaev. Y'all tell me in the comments who you want to see Hamaya fight, but I'm going to pull up the welterweight roster right now and tell you who I think he should fight. So let's go to the bottom of the list because we got to take it easy. Okay, so you already beat Rice McKee. You want, you want to put him in there with Jesse Ronson, who, who just beat Dolby tonight? There's there's Jesse Ronson. Uh, you know, Jesse Ronson got his 50K bonus. First UFC win. Props to him. So you could do Jesse Ronson. Um, let's see. You put him in there with Christian Aguilera. I mean, it's like... It, it, it's all about what exactly do they want to do with this guy? Do they want to have him run through a couple more people first, get a little bit more seasoning, or are they ready to kind of throw him in the top 30, top 25, and really test them out that way? So it all comes down to what their plan is for him because we could take both approaches. You know what I mean? Like you could literally – like the two guys he fought, they, they can keep giving him guys like that and let him stack up his highlight reel, let him get a couple more 50K bonuses, do the whole bit, you know, 
build a star, get his name out there because like he seems to be pretty damn popular. For only two fights in the UFC, the way people are talking about this kid, they're super high on him. And UFC's got to ride that momentum. So I'm actually super intrigued when they go to that matchmaker meeting on Tuesday. You know, are they talking about giving him another Rice McKee, another John Phillips? And what that would translate to would be, you know, a Christian Aguilera. Um, let's see who else. You know, Jesse Ronson. I mean, Jesse Ronson's a, a little bit more of a step up. Don't get me wrong. But I think we all agree Himayev would be favored there. You know, a Mackie Pitolo, a Sato, you know, something like that. Or are they already starting to think, uh, you know, Alexi Kunchenko, Keenan Song, Ramazan Amiv? Like, where, where do they want to take it? What about that fucking guy, Emil Meek? He's still on the roster. Should we, should we go ahead and get him out real quick? Should we? How about Himaya versus Emil Meek? We know Meek can't stuff a takedown to save his life, but he's kind of tough and might be able to last the full three-round distance. So that'll kind of give us a, a glimpse of, you know, can Himayev do what he did to Phillips and McKee for three straight rounds? So what about what about him and Emil Meek, you know? Because it's a step up from McKee and Phillips, but it's still, you know, low enough to where you still let the kid get, you know, a guaranteed dub. So let, let me know what y'all think. AJ says, what's next for Fabricio Vicavala Wardoom? So is it time to talk about that fight? I guess we should go ahead and talk about it. So Man, I'm really stoked right now. I know I, I should be I should be more excited, but like, you know, to me it's like this is in the past now. <laughs> like I cashed a plus three hundred on Fabricio Wardoom, which is my biggest underdog cash of the year. And like, yeah, it's fucking awesome. But like now I'm just focused on this next card. Like this shit, you know, you take it one step at a time, man. And uh yeah, it's awesome to come out there and cash that. And like I will if y'all go back and check out my preview on half the battle, uh, or the line movement MMA betting show. And then you see the comments I got for my confidence in War Doom. Like I said, this fight's going to hit the mat one time, and it will be over shortly after. So that's exactly what happened. Um, it's funny because when it, when it was going on live and War Doom got his back, I was like, okay, cool, we won. And then when he went for the armbar, I was like, no, Fabrizio. I was like, fuck. Like, because, you know, usually, you know, for men, armbars – People usually slip out of that shit. And you saw his last fight against Olenek when he went for that armbar, and Olenek was able to slip out. So when he got the back, I was like, yes, we're about to cash. But then when he went for the armbar, I was like, fuck. He's about to slip off, go on bottom. Gustafsson's going to get on top. But then he hang, he hung onto the arm. He rolled him over. Then he got on top, starts landing all these hammer fists. I was like, okay. So this shit really is a wrap. And then Hyper extended the arm, got the tap. So very, very happy about that, cashing that plus 300 on on uh fabricio vacavala we're doomed um man and y'all got to see the comments i got on my youtube about that like people people were uh people got passionate about that like and i don't understand why not to you know be mr after the fact it's just to me it's like if it was a pick em fight you know then then you get passionate about gustafson if you really want to make the case even though i would still take uh we're doomed there but like when it's minus you know 350 minus 400 Gustafsson you're getting passionate about it that's when you're like dude like he just got finished by Anthony Smith as soon as it hit the mat he lost a round to Anthony Smith who's not a round winner you know John Jones I know Jones is the goat but in Gustafsson's prime he could hang with John Jones then they meet again and Jones runs through runs through him you know he hits the mat one time the fight's over shortly after so twice in a row he got finished as soon as it hit the mat so what's going to happen when we're doom gets on top and I think the thing the biggest misconception was that there was this alleged huge advantage on the feet for Gustafsson, which was total bullshit. I feel like people sleep on where Doom stand up. He, it was him landing the kicks. Uh, the kicks were basically the only thing going on in the stand up. You know, uh, Gustafsson tried a couple uh, 
jabs that missed, but you know, where Doom was getting off on some kicks, took him down right away, passed, got the back, arm bar, game set and match, plus 300 cash. I was very happy about that. Now, to answer your question, AJ, what's next? Uh, someone messaged me and told me he was retiring. I don't know if that's true. Um, I heard that that might be the last fight on his contract. I also don't know if that's true either. So, shit, I don't know. But let's let's say it's not, and we look at the rankings real quick. So Fabricio Vakavala, wow, he's number 14. Holy shit. He fell off a little bit, my boy did. Um, you know, I kind of don't agree with uh, him being number, number uh, 14. You know, he beat Walt Harris. Uh, I kind of think he should be ahead of Augusto Sakai, maybe ahead of Shamil Abdurakimov. You know, he should, Fabricio Wardum should be ahead of guys like that, right? So fight one of those guys next if you stick around. Uh, if not, we, uh, we thank you for everything, Fabricio. You know, he's the guy that dethroned Cain Velasquez ended Fedor's unbelievable win streak and just gave us so many uh, memories. You know, that fight against Travis Brown, he had two of them. But the second one, as soon as the bell rings, run, runs across the octagon, throws a flying sidekick to the face against Travis Brown, and then he front kicks his coach after the fight. So Fabricio's a legend, man. Didn't he throw a boomerang at Colby Covington too and down under in uh, Australia? So you know what I mean? Uh, and and Col Colby's a... Uh, by the way, he got matched up with Woodley. Colby and Woodley are going to fight. It's going to be interesting to see what the line is. And uh, I can't wait to see the hype uh, for that fight. It's going to be it's gonna be a lot of fun. Cloud says, should Kelvin get a nutritionist and go down to 70s? Think he has a discipline problem too small for middleweight? I mean, no, I don't think so. And I'll tell you why. Like, a discipline problem has nothing to do with getting caught in a leg lock. And, you know, the other two losses... Yeah, maybe in the till fight he had a bit of a discipline problem. You know, he showed up unmotivated for that. But the Adesanya fight, a lot of people to this day think that he gave Adesanya his toughest fight. So I don't think it's a matter of dropping the 70. I think it's, you know, it's unfortunate what happened against uh, Hermanson because he actually showed up uh, hungry for that fight. And I don't mean hungry for the buffet cloud. I mean hungry to get a win. But shit didn't go his way. So it is what it is. I think he'll be back. You know, it's funny. I was trying to match up Till with Brunson, but now I'm thinking, what about Kelvin and Brunson? So there's a lot. There's a lot of options. He'll, he'll be back. Interest says Evlov is one of those Peter Yan Russians. They don't give a fuck and will fight for your money, no stunts. Yeah, those guys are what we like to call winners. Uh, Interest, uh, Piotr Yan and Movsar Evlov are winners in every sense of the word, and they're dangerous anywhere the fight goes. So well said, dude. Stanley says, Evloev defense was very impressive, but he got a gas out of Brundi for 12 minutes and can't hurt the guy. I'm not sold, but we'll see. Yeah, but, like, you got to think about it this way. When when you consider the opponent compared to the other two guys he fought, like, dude, he was in there with Sungwoo Choi, right? <laughs> you know, this is a massive step up in competition. Like, uh, Grundy's no slouch. He just doesn't have the name. And Evloev, uh, you know, had a good fight with Barzola too, so – Look, these are tough fights, no doubt about it. I know you want him to go out there and run through these guys in the first round, and it's like I, you know, we all do. You know, you know, if you if you're putting that, you know, that ceiling on and saying that, you know, he's a future this, future that. It's just that it's not always realistic to run through these guys. This is the UFC. This is one of the toughest divisions in the entire sport. Like these guys are hungry, man. Uh, not every fight is going to be a wipeout. Kyle Miller says we're doomed versus anyone i'd watch it hell yeah hell yeah we're doomed and i'm glad that he got to right the wrong of that last fight against alexei olenek you know because if y'all heard his uh pre-fight interview you know this time around he said that the olenek fight you know was around the beginning of the pandemic uh you know around the time you know the quarantine started so he didn't really have you know 
the right sparring partners. You know, people were kind of hesitant to go to the gym and he didn't really have any strength and conditioning, but he said this time, like he wanted to give it another go. Like he wanted to do everything the right way, show up and show that, Hey, like I still got it, man. So I think that's what he did tonight. So really impressive stuff by we're doing. Let's be all in on Edmund by knockout. Nick Rodriguez says, um, yeah, I mean, I could definitely see it. You know, it's an interesting spot because, this is that case where it's like, like we talked about last week, when Robert Whitaker finished Brunson in the first round, title shot. When Izzy Adesanya finished him in the first round, title shot. Now, officially, he fought Anderson Silva between the title shot, but we all know that was just kind of like a filler fight, you know, but the title shot was always next. So, yeah, I mean, Edmund could be up next for a title shot. Uh, there, there's a couple guys he's behind. You know, he's behind Cannoneer, obviously. And you also got to see how the Izzy and the uh, Boracina fight plays out. And then we take it from there. But, yeah, if Edmund goes out there, gets a knockout, gets a submission, gets a dominant win over Derek Brunson, if he handles Derek Brunson like he's supposed to, it's going to be bright skies for that kid for sure. Steve says Shogun should have left his gloves too. Yeah, you know, but I kind of like what Shogun's been doing lately just in terms of, you know, some of these guys – have two bigger egos like chris weidman like chris weidman doesn't realize that you know he's declining so let's take lesser competition uh chris weidman still talks about how like oh i can be the guy to dethrone israel adesanya or i can beat john jones it's like no chris you can't whereas shogun he stopped fighting with all the top contenders nowadays he you know he's out there you know having the fights with lil nog Corey anderson john Vellante, tyson pedro paul craig so I feel like Shogun's been making some smart moves career-wise, uh, taking these kind of fights uh, that are advantageous for him, and you know, are, isn't going to be like a death sentence. Like, like again, like like I was saying, you're not going to put Shogun in there with Yuri Prohaska. I hope not, right? So, let him keep taking these kind of fights if he wants to stay active. You know, this is how he makes a living. So, I'm cool with him continuing to fight, contingent on him taking these kind of matchups. Pineapple Cook says, "Who impressed me the most tonight?" Um, let's let's take a look. So obviously, okay. How about Tom Aspinall? Um, you know, I had a I had a bet on him. I had a bet on Werdum, and then I had a bet on Marina Rodriguez. Marina was the only loss, but it was a winning night because of Aspinall and Werdum. So I got to say, I was most impressed with Aspinall and Werdum. You know, when you talk about easy money, you talk about Tom Aspinall. I mean, when you guys saw how Jay Collier showed up to the weigh-ins, like I was like, wait. Is that Jay Collier or is that like a you know last minute replacement? Or is that Jay Collier's older brother? Like it, it was ridiculous, dude. Like I've never seen anything like that before in my life. Like we thought uh Jean Vellante let it go during the quarantine. Wait till you see Jay Collier. And it's like if you've you know been watching the sport for a while, I mean not even that long, if you've been watching, you know, the last couple of years and you saw Jay Collier in 2017, 2016, 2015, completely different guy. It was like holy shit. I wasn't even planning on betting Tom Aspinall. Um because uh, the film, I was just like, you know, he's, he's good, you know, whatever. Like, no big deal, right? Uh, I was like, if Jake shows up like what he looked like at middleweight, it might be a close fight. But when you saw, when I saw Jake on the scales, I was like, dude. So someone last week was act, was asking me who are my guys I auto bet. And it's like, I don't have guys I auto bet. I have situations I auto bet. This is a situation I auto bet. Just like uh, Volante and Maurice Green. And someone's going to say, oh, you got lucky. Uh, did I really get lucky though? Because let's let's talk about that for a second. All three judges scored the first two rounds for Maurice Green, and Maurice Green finished the fight in the third round. So yeah, did Volante have one little moment, you know, where it looked like he might get a comeback? Yes, but he didn't. 
he lost the first two rounds and he got finished in the third. So, I mean, I, I got no issues uh, winning money on that. But bottom line, back to my point uh, about the auto bets, it's it's a situation um, based ordeal. Like you see these guys show in with these love handles, like completely fat, out of shape during the quarantine. Go ahead and fade them because they've all been losing. I mean, the ones I cashed in on, obviously Maurice Green and uh, Tom Aspinall. But there's ones I passed on, which I noticed, but I wasn't, you know, onto this yet. Uh, Kevin Aguilar versus Charles Rosa. Kevin Aguilar showed up completely out of shape, and then the last one was uh, Zaruk Adeshev against Tyson Nam. That kid, like, it looked like he had been eating uh, McDonald's cheeseburgers, you know, on the walk to the way. And so, yeah, man. Uh, I know I got off on a tangent, but who impressed me the most tonight were Doom and Tom Aspinall. Jimmy the Drunk says, Sarukian versus Dover. Um, look, I like the fight, but I feel like Dover kind of earned, you know, top 15 guys for now. You know what I mean? He's paid his dues for such a long fucking time that he needs to be fighting guys ranked ahead of him. But, yeah, I do like the fight, obviously. But with Sarukian, let's do something else with him. Um, I forgot what the matchup I, I did on BFP matchmaking. Do you remember what it was? But... We definitely got some options for Sarukian, so definitely, definitely keep your eye, definitely keep your eyes peeled. All right, Sydney says, "Do you think there should be a rule change where refs are more likely to take a point for a single eye poke and single ball shot kind of field, like some fighters take their free ones at times?" Well. Sydney, it's a good question, but it's one of those things where it's like ref's discretion. So they can take it after one eye poke or one low blow. And I've seen, you know, um, refs take points for one cage grab, you know. So it's really ref's discretion how they want to approach it. Do they want to give a warning? Do they want to just go ahead and dock a point? So, yeah, it comes down, it comes down to ref's discretion. Oh, no, Nick. Nick wants to see Yuri versus Shogun next. Nah, nah don't do it. Don't do it. But if they do it, I'll tune in. But don't do it. Don't do it, you know? Okay, so y'all think Volcan would murder would murder Shogun. All right, so let's not see that fight. So let's keep Shogun with these kind of opponents, you know what I mean? What about Shogun versus Jay Collier? <laughs> you know? No, we got to save Jay Collier for John Vellante. That's the fight. JP says Volcan will be minus 350 in that fight. Uh, hold up. Give him Mickey Gall. Oh damn, they want you want to see my boy Brett wants to see Himaya versus Mickey Gall. I want to see my boy Jared Nitro and Gooden get Mickey Gall in his debut. How, how about that? <laughs> Himaya versus Mickey Gall, you're killing me. Uh, QB says if Weidman wins, they're gonna give him a title shot. I know, right? So funny. Stanley says, like you said, Dan, feed him a couple more fights. Uh, Shamayev, that is, before the top 15. I agree. JT says, where Doom was easy money. Yes, it was. Plus 300. Can you believe that shit? Okay. Eric says, best Whitaker we've seen tonight. Keep that in mind. Till has good boxing. Whitaker might hit Costa with a haymaker. Um, Was it the best Whitaker we've seen tonight? I mean, don't get me wrong. He dug deep. He definitely showed that, you know, the championship qualities. Uh, he's a beast, so. I mean, the only reason I'm like disputing that point, not because you know I want to discredit, you know, a great like Robert Whitaker, not at all, but more so because I'm not convinced Eric that he would beat Izzy Adesanya or Paula Boricina. So, 
when we talk about the best Whitaker we've ever seen, I think about championship caliber Robert Whitaker. And uh, I don't he can prove me wrong. Maybe he comes out there and wins the belt again. I just I, I just don't think so, man. I think he had his time. And it's crazy to say that about a 29-year-old. It's just that, Eric, when, when Whitaker was kind of coming up in the division, it, it was back when, you know, there was Bisbing, Rockhold, Weidman, Jacare. You know, those were the, the prominent guys in the top five. But now you got Izzy, Boracina, Cannoneer. So it's like a different era of the middleweight division. It's crazy how fast the sport evolves, man. So he's, he's got to fight Hermanson. I'm sticking to my guns. He's got to fight Hermanson next. In Trust Game says, all I got to say is Himayev isn't another Johnny Walker. Wrestling over everything, just take a look at the majority of the champions, mostly wrestlers. Yeah, he's definitely not a Johnny Walker because he can wrestle like you said. You're damn right about that. Oh, I like this. My boy Cloud says, Shogun versus Luke the Chin Rockhold. You see, these are the kind of fights I'm talking about. Like, you get exactly what I'm saying. Wow. Am I about to lose my voice on my first ever uh, – for the first ever time on radio y'all looking forward to that so shogun versus luke the chin rockle i like it man i'm all in let's see it frank says if costa had a little more technical striking he would be virtually unbeatable right now though izzy may just have enough to outlast him well as of right now he is unbeatable just well he's undefeated right so we'll see we're gonna find out when he fights izzy what the deal is but you know all these undefeated guys they look unbeatable until they get defeated so definitely uh can't wait to see exactly what happens but yeah i'm curious can izzy outlast him can izzy catch him with something early or is boracina's power too much uh his presence his pressure man that's that's the fight to watch of the year you know what i mean yolo says oh i love your your profile pic man it's fucking awesome um that fucking video with my boy Shia Buff is pretty fucking sick. Do it! Grundy! <laughs> but anyways, he says, love Whitaker. I think he can look better in future fights. He needed to get a win bad here. He just got humiliated and had to get back on track. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, that that's a good way to look at it too. Like he had to, you know, prove to himself that, hey, I can still win at the highest level and I can still go five rounds hard. So, yeah, that's a fantastic point. Um, definitely a confidence builder. And, like, you know, same thing for Till, like, a fight ago, right? Because, like, you know, he got embarrassed by Masvidal. Then he comes back, kind of, you know, gets the close decision over Kelvin. So now it was Whitaker's turn to do that. So fantastic point, YOLO. All right. Is it time to finally talk about Marina Rodriguez? Should, should we finally uh, – Talk about that. All right. JT says, the way Evloev whispers before each fight seriously creeps me out. I didn't catch that. Was he, like, talking to himself or, or some shit? Like, dude, his face off. I was like, holy shit, this guy is intense as hell. Uh, he's, he's no slouch at all. All right, Marina Rodriguez. So let's, let's go ahead and fucking get this out the way. So I bet Marina Rodriguez here. Only loss of the night. And, you know, yeah, you know, obviously after watching that fight, it appears as though Carla was the sharp side. I mean, the dog won, so Carla was the sharp side. It's so funny. You see these fucking guys when, when they lose a bet and then they start talking about how the bet they lost was the sharp side. It's like, was it, though? So I, you, you won't ever hear that kind of shit from me. Like, if I take an L, you take the L like a man and you move on. Just like when I win, you win and you move on, you know? So you see these fucking guys like, 
try to you know downplay people's wins and i'm not i'm not referring to like you know getting robbed on a close split decision you have this huge underdog and you were the clear value side that like that i'm not talking about no shit like that like here in a close you know split decision type fight which is what it was the dog won so you'll never hear me be like oh marina you won't hear me say marina got robbed you won't hear me say marina was the value side you won't hear any of that bullshit from me ever so don't even worry about that but anyways about this fight you know marina's got no one to blame but herself for that shit you know like it's like when when you decided to get off on strikes you damaged her badly you closed her eye you did the whole bit but like obviously we knew her takedown defense wasn't the best going into it but i had more faith in her get-up game which is what i saw in other fights you know even when cynthia was beating her ass up she still got up and kept going forward so i was assuming that you know she's gonna get off to such a big lead on the feet that by the time carla does uh you know take her down that the judges are gonna value what marina did and you know tonight that wasn't the case uh you know and marina it's like it's one one going in the third round all you gotta do is get back up and do a little bit of damage and you're gonna win the round because carla's doing no damage whatsoever so that is a that is a performance where marina goes to the back of the line goes back to the drawing board and She's got to make some serious adjustments because, uh, I mean, could you imagine her versus Tatiana Suarez or something like that or even, like, Wiley Zhang? And, and you know, so she she's definitely got to really, really address that. Take some time off to address that because we know how talented she is on the feet and she's got physical tools. She's tall. She's long. Like, she's got a lot of skill, a lot of potential. Um, and I know she's 33, but so what? She's young in MMA years. It's not like she's had this fucking huge-ass uh, – career you know like you know like a 10 plus year career in the ufc like she's still relatively new she's just you know she's a late bloomer i I don't think she's old in terms of mma years and i think that she can develop her skills it's just about going back to the gym and doing that so hopefully for her sake she does because uh i got high hopes for her and for esparza i guess it's time for you to test out the next prospect right so you know you could do esparza versus rebas you could do Esparza versus Yan Zonan after, you know, Zonan takes care of uh, Gadelia. You could, you could go a lot of different directions. But with Esparza, let's go ahead and test out another prospect. Or, you know, it's funny. Dana was saying that um, all the other girls are either booked or injured, and they don't have a number one contender for Wiley. So could you imagine if they slide uh, Carla in a title fight with uh, Wiley real quick? What, what would you all line on Wiley in that fight? Or are y'all not sold on Wiley's wrestling? Because for me, I think Wiley would mop the floor with her bell to bell or until she got a finish. <laughs> oh, that's not nice, Steve. He says Ronson the can that did. You know, so it's funny because it's like, so we know about his first stint in the UFC, Jesse Ronson. That's who we're talking about. And, um, you know, has the split decision losses to Trinaldo, to who the fuck else, to Kevin Lee to tractor prozerish and uh you know very respectable losses and you're like man you know that sucks and then he was kind of a journeyman on the regional scene couldn't quite get that big win but still you know did the most important lesson that you can learn whether it's just in life whether it's embedding and embedding you got to be careful when i say never give up because some people need to give up but just in general he showed a very valuable lesson um never give up you know keep going no matter what because one day if you truly want something bad enough if you work hard enough if you go to bed every night dreaming about something and then you wake up every morning you know trying to make it happen like i don't care what obstacles are in your way or what roadblocks you got to overcome it's doable just keep going forward and that's what jesse ronson did so i'm very very inspired by what jesse ronson accomplished tonight and 
even if he never wins another UFC fight again, he'll always remember the time that he went out there, knocked uh, knocked down Nicholas Dalby and choked him out in the first round, got a 50K performance of the night bonus live on ESPN. He'll always be able to say he won a fight in the UFC, got a performance bonus. So my hat's off to Jesse Ronson, and we'll have to see who they match him up with next because there's some fucking killers in the welterweight division, even the unknown guys like that kid that just beat Razak. Munir Lazez, like, dude, that kid is a problem. Shemaev, like, these kids coming up, like, okay, I, I like I like where we're going with this conversation. These kids coming up, Shemaev, Munir Lazez, like, holy shit, where are these guys coming from? And those guys are just at the beginning of their careers in the welterweight division. You know for a fact both those guys are going to be ranked one day. So, man, this sport is truly a beautiful thing to, to, uh, to witness, uh, especially the evolution. All right, let's see. Kyle Miller. Evloev is ultra impressive, but Grundy is a savage when it comes to takedowns, regardless if you credit his credentials or not. Yeah, they're they're both going to be back, you know. Uh, Grundy will be back, no questions asked. And uh, Evloev, man, stepping up the ladder, you know what I mean? Stepping up the ladder. Rice McKee is pronounced Reese, uh, just for the future, brother. Your Grundy is spot on. I know it is Reese, but... We, we gotta get we gotta do it the American way, the Yankee way, as y'all like to say in the UK. Um, maybe I'll start calling him Reese because I do like to get my pronunciations right. But for now, we gotta go with Rice, just like Ricky Simone. It's Simone, but after he, after that stun against Favor, we started calling him Ricky Simon. You know what I mean? Ray Blanket says eight favorites in a roll for main event. Uh, congrats, man! I hope you cashed out big. Nick said Emil Meek. No, give Meek a striker. Um, yeah, I guess, but you know, you got to know how to wrestle in the UFC, right? But man, uh, I, he's still on the roster. They think he's exciting. So, yeah, I know, right? Meek's still in the UFC. Yes, he is, Lance. Oh, what's up, my boy, Lance? You doing good, bro? Saw my, my dude uh, in ATL. He said, What's up to me and Shaq at uh, Phillips Arena, or formerly called Phillips Arena. Now it's State Farm Arena for UFC 236. Izzy Adesanya versus Kelvin and Dustin Poirier versus Max Holloway. My boy Lanz was there. Shout out to my boy. JT says, let's go, we're doomed. Let's fucking go, we're doomed. Vi Cavallo said he's leaving the UFC. I know he said that before the fight, but now that you know he won the fight, he got a 50K bonus. Um, we'll see if he we'll see if he reconsiders things. You know, they might offer him a nice little contract, you know, come finish out your your career here with us, and we'll take it from there. So we got let's take a wait and see approach jt i'm not ready to say he's leaving quite yet steve spark says we're doing my cash cow i know it's fucking awesome great call thank you so much uh honestly all the credit to we're doing great performance uh by we're doing you know what i mean and shout out to the odds makers for those wide odds shack had gustafson nah bro shack had we're doing shack even bet we're doing too is 230 gus a legit heavyweight um well i mean look when you say legit heavyweight steve gus is a retired fighter gus retired his last fight man like gus doesn't want to do this shit anymore he showed up for a nice little paycheck so is he a legit heavyweight i mean no like not a top 10 guy but yeah can he like beat up jay collier probably but i don't know we'll see what he does man because it's just about if he wants this paycheck or not but yeah title aspirations out the window bro Nick says, we're doing going to Russia or Bellator. 
I think if he lost tonight, for sure that would be the case. However, I do have an inkling that, you know, he's probably happy with how tonight went down. First round finish. He's getting all that love on ESPN. He got the 50K bonus. All I'm saying is don't be surprised if they re-sign him. Um, but I could also see it going the way you, you suggested as well. So let's just uh, pay attention and see what happens. We're doing going to Bellator to get paid. I mean, it's not like he's not getting paid in the UFC. The guy's getting a nice uh, six figures here. Um, yeah, you know, Bellator contracts are an interesting thing. You know, some of these guys are getting paid uh, fat, and some guys are not. So it just depends who's representing you and what kind of uh, faith Bellator has in you. Because some, some some guys are really hooking up. Uh, it's, it's actually quite interesting when you learn about the pay structure of Bellator. But UFC, uh, in terms of, you know, their their fighters get paid more for the most part you know like it's uh it just depends who you are but i'm saying like the lowest level bellator fighter gets paid way less than the lowest level ufc fighters what i'm saying so the minimum is higher in the ufc lance godly my boy lance says we're doomed top five heavyweight of all time yeah i mean look you talk about the uh mount rushmore well if you do mount rushmore that'd be only four guys so let's do like a top five maybe or some shit we got fade or fuck maybe a top 10 we got fade or in there and this is not in order these are just the guys i would suggest fade or kane jds stipe uh dc overeem obviously we're doomed there's so many uh there's a lot of greats uh, in the heavyweight division my boy dirty mexican says better late than never what's good bfp what's good my boy danny you good bro jimmy the drunk says snoop is going to be highly invested in this Woodley versus Covington fight. Uh, that's funny. You know, I, I thought Snoop was hilarious. You know, whenever it's uh, time to, like, go back and rewatch some of those Contender Series fights that Snoop was calling, uh, shit always makes me laugh. That Snoop cast was hilarious. I know he kind of took it too far, you know, for the public eye and, you know, this and that and some of the shit he shouldn't have said. But, like, just as, you know, dudes, that shit was hilarious. <laughs> Kyle Miller says, I took first with Wardoom and $1 DK. A couple of years back, had him in, in a $4 against Harris. God bless. Nice, man. Good shit. All right, Sydney says, T-Ferg and we're doomed nearly getting into it at media day when El Kukui threatened the ankle pick. And I know that's a classic. That was a classic moment. Uh, champ shit only, right? My boy, AWOL Jowder says, I did bet Jesse Ronson to defeat Dolby. First round finish, 14-1 odd. Damn, man, you should have let me know beforehand, man. That's a That was a great bet on your part. Uh very, very impressive stuff. Uh, by the way, did y'all see that ATL's own Cody Durden got signed to the UFC? He's fighting a Chris Gutierrez next week uh, on the card. So I'll give you all a little scoop on Cody Durden real quick. So obviously you already know what uh, Chris Gutierrez brings to the table. Uh, fucking probably the hardest kicker at 35s, right? I think we can all agree on that. Chris Gutierrez kicks like a goddamn mule. Um, ground game probably isn't the best, and his hands aren't as good as his kicks, but his kicks are fucking amazing. Uh, what Cody Durden brings to the table is that he's got a fantastic pace. His cardio is on point. He is a, he is going to be a little bit small for 35s. He's more of a flyweight, but um, his pace is very, very good. He kind of you know, gravitates more towards the wrestling. You know, he's got a very good shot, but he's been mixing it up on the feet too. Like, you know, he'll, uh, he'll mix it up and – you know, definitely has a little bit of influence from TJ Dillashaw. You know, throw the high kick out of nowhere. So this is a tough out for his debut, man. I was talking to him today. I was like, damn, they weren't fucking around. I thought maybe you'd fight Brandon Royval for your debut. But it was like, nah, he's fighting uh, Chris Gutierrez in the first fight in, his, in the UFC. So 
you know, let, let's see uh, how Durden performs. And I'm interested. It's cool to see guys, you know, that are from the NFC, you know, the regional show here in the Southeast that I commentate, you know, like Cody Durden. He was in the NFC main event last week. And, you know, see him in the UFC. It's a, it's a cool thing to see. Always love when my local guys get signed. JT says, I can't believe how many people were on Gus in hindsight. Yeah, I know. I'm not going to shit on them, but hopefully, uh, you know, just like I can learn from the Marina Rod or you guys bet, you guys can learn from betting on Gus at that kind of chalk, you know? SC says, it's too bad the UFC is keeping the Brunson and Shabazzian fight only three rounds instead of five, even though it's the main event. Yeah, I mean, in theory, you're right. And especially if it's like a back and forth three round fight, and then we're like, man, I wish there were two more rounds, but SC. There's a good fucking chance this fight ain't going past the first, ain't going past the second. So let's let's wait and see what happens before we we determine if it was a good or bad idea. Steve says Aspinall was the one, man. Aspinall took care of biz, bro. That's probably the easiest money of the entire year. <laughs> Frank says Aspinall beat the guy who ate Jay Collier. I know, right? He did. Jay Collier with that quarantine fitness. I mean, that was that was more than quarantine fitness, dude. Because like, you know, I, I I'm in quarantine too, and I'm not even a professional athlete. I'm not I'm not 264 yet, so or even close. So you know, like, uh, so, something else must have been going on. Like, did Jake even show up to the gym one time? Like 264. Like, like when I heard he was going up to to heavyweight, I was like, okay, you know, he's gonna weigh in a nice, you know, lean and mean 235. 240 it's gonna be this fun competitive back and forth fight and then you see this you know i don't want to shit on him too much especially in this day and age but you see this slob walk up 264 i was like god damn uh we're betting aspinall we're, we're taking a leap of faith on aspinall because yeah obviously a lot of questions weren't answered on tape you know like what happens if it hits round three and this and that but it's like dude fucking uh jay collier ain't even making it to minute three you know so what happens in round three was irrelevant in that spot. And JT says he wants Sarukian versus Leo Santos and Fazee versus Moicano. Yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. I like that. I want to see Fazee versus Brad Riddell, but I, I like that Sarukian versus uh, Leo Santos fight a lot. That's a solid suggestion. Nick Rodriguez says Justin James had love handles too, but he handled business in the first. He looked in better shape than some of these fucking guys that had full training camps. I'll tell you that. I was, I was impressed. He's fighting uh, Gavin Tucker next, by the way. Dirty Mexican says, Cowboy moving into that Tony Ferg area. Opponents looking like they walked off a Texas Chainsaw Massacre set. You talking about my boy Alex Cowboy? Rex Lee says, what up, Dan? What up, my boy Rex? You doing good, bro? How's uh, how's everything uh, going with the team, man? John G says, love the stream, bro. Subbed. I really appreciate that, John G. Thank you, man. I'm going to try to come through for you all the time, dude. JC, JT says, who do you give uh, Jay Herbert next? Uh, what about Mac Desi? Let, let him go knock out Mac Desi real quick, get his first UFC win, and uh, take it from there. Oh, okay, Rex says, what about Herbert versus Alex Hernandez? Yeah, yeah. You know, whatever we do with Alex Hernandez, I had, man, I had a fight I wanted to see. I wanted to give uh, my prospect Omar Morales the Alex Hernandez fight just because they were supposed to fight once and it got, you know, canceled. And, you know, he's coming off these two wins. But, yeah, you could do that. You could do Herbert, you know, Jay Herbert versus Alex Hernandez. But, I like the uh, – what was the other idea um, y'all had for Jay Hurt? Oh, Mac Desi. I want to see him knock out Mac Desi. I think that's the perfect fight for him to rebound with. Uh, Frank says Whitaker Yoel 1 was the best Whitaker. Yeah, I, I agree. That's that's what I'm saying, man. That's the best he's ever looked. But props to him on a very gritty win tonight. 
<laughs> Steve says, Jay going to be on loop for a bit. Yeah, man, definitely. Uh, Sydney says, who shit the bed worse tonight, Dolby or Sabata? Um, Sabata, I'll tell you why. So obviously, you know, Dolby got stopped right away, but at least Dolby went out there and fought, just went out on his shield. I mean, you know, he did tap kind of quick, but the choke was in. But I'm just saying, at least he was fighting uh, Jesse Ronson until he got dropped. Whereas Sabata, like, dude, Sabata's coaches are about to uh, have a serious word with it. Like, let me tell you something, Sydney. Peter Sabata, so after his fight with Leon Edwards, he flies in this uh, this Polish boxing coach to not just train him for a little bit, but to live in his house for two straight years. He's been working on his boxing every single day. And to come out there against uh, Alex Cowboy, not even throw a punch. And, and we can talk about the range and that, but it's like, dude, you you didn't even want to close the distance. Like He was terrified, staying on the outside the entire time. The body kicks hurt him, which also happened in the Noak fight back in the day. That was the best Alex Cowboy's ever looked. Fuck who shot the bed worse. Let's talk about how good Alex Cowboy looked, man, because Alex Cowboy, what I liked most about that performance is how relaxed and how calm he was the entire time because you could tell when he hurt Peter Sabata, he wanted to just unload the clip on him and get him out of there, but his corner, they were screaming, calma, calma, which you know means calm in Portuguese. They're telling him to calm down because they don't want him to blow the load and make those mistakes that got him those unnecessary losses. And when I say unnecessary losses, like – some of those fights he could have won, man. Like he could have beat Dolby. He could have beat Mike Perry. I think he could have beat Gunnar Nelson too. So I feel like now he's starting to address uh, some of his mistakes, which is interesting to see in a, in a guy that, you know, he's already had 33 pro fights and, and he's still improving. So that was a step in the right direction for Alex Cowboy in terms of the, you know, energy management. So I was really happy to see that. Brett says, Dan hit the bull before the live stream 100%. Do bongs count or bulls only or maybe a blunt too? Uh, you never know. You never know. Are we handling this all right? We're still talking for like an hour straight, so not too antisocial yet. Ray Blanket says he's got Izzy all day against uh, Boracinha. Yeah. Um, man, I, like I said, dude, you can make a convincing case for both guys, no questions asked. Cloud says drop that Marina post fight. Oh, I already got you. You already heard my thoughts on that. Stanley says, fucking Marina cost me a lot. At least I cashed my two parlay between second and third. I'm glad to hear you did, man. We had we had to cash out in other ways, you know? Got to find you no know, other spots. Uh, let, me, let me see if I got any regrets. Again, no one gives a fuck about any regrets or any bullshit like that. So uh, this time, no, I, I got no regrets. I, I played the spots that I thought were going to win, and what happened happened. You know what I mean? Came out with a dub, but uh, – Obviously, would have liked Marina to perform better, but whatever. We cashed a plus 300 on Wardoom and Aspinall, easiest money of the year. So now we move on to next week. In Trust Game says, I find it hilarious all the girls at 115 minus the top three are afraid of JJ. Nobody calls her out. Um, Yeah, is that true? I, I mean, let, 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 me look, uh, let me look at these rankings and see if that's really true because, all right, I feel like this division needs a lot of work because – Right now in the top five, you got Tatiana Suarez, who's out indefinitely with a neck injury. And then you got Nina Ansaroff, who's out indefinitely because she's pregnant. You got Claudia Gadelia, who at least they're, they're about to weave her out with the end zone. And then you got Carla Esparza, who's clogging things up. So it's like, you know, those people kind of already lost to uh, Joanna. You know what I mean? And then the people like Yan Zonan, Amanda Hibas. Uh, well, Yan Zonan's already uh, booked against Claudia Gadelia. So maybe after she wins that, then she can call out uh, Joanna and Jacek. And then 
Rodriguez, she's in no position to call anyone out after that fucking stunt. And then he boss, we got to see her with Carlos Barza and Tisha Torres first. Then we can worry about a young Jacek. So I hear what you're saying, but I, I feel like right now is not really the right place or time for any of these girls, like specifically like uh, to call out young Jacek right now. And plus, Joanna needs some time off after that war, man. That, that war against Wiley, that, that took a little bit off. So she needs to take a little bit of time off. Cloud says, did Marina pull a stunt or is Carla the new Weasel Perez? You know, honestly, they both pulled stunts. <laughs> you know, uh, Marina pulled the bigger stunt, but, you know, uh, it could have been a lot more dominant for Carla if she didn't, you know, go for those leg locks in the first and second. And it could have been a lot more dominant for Marina if she got back up in the third, if she didn't, you know, try to play off her back and this and that. So it was a stunt on both sides, but props to Carla for pulling out the win. Jeff Slaughter, damage should count for something. No, yeah, I agree. I, I thought so too. Um, but again, you're not going to hear me be the guy that cries robbery because I'm very aware that, you know, and I hate to classify this as a controversial split because it's not. Like, um, Marina's got no one to blame but herself. If they would have given us the Marina win, great. We take it and we run with it. You know, I never, are you going to give your money back? I never complain about winning ever. But I'm not going to complain about losing either. Like, we understand why we lost. Like, she should have not been on her back for that long. So, no, nah, um, I agree with you. Damage should count. And, you know, pride rules Marina won that fight. But under that rule set, you can still make the case for, for Carla. So, it, it's frustrating, obviously. But it is what it is, man. You just got to move on. Sydney said, did you detect that Dan Hardy might have flipped the fuck out on Herb after the Trinaldo-Herbert fight? It seemed like Felder tried to calm him, and he was off the mic for a sec. I heard people talking about that. Is he like boys with Herbert from you know back in the UK or something? Um, I heard people talking about that. Kyle Miller says, us real ones know it's pride over money. Thanks, Dan, for all your hard work and dedication. Thank you so much, bro. Wiley minus 700 over Carla, according to Frank. Minus 1,000 over Carla, again, um, according to Cloud. He says he would even fear for um, Carla's safety. <laughs> My boy, John G. He says Carla's striking is too crisp for Zen. Funny, dude. SC says, Wiley would Mollus Barza. She'd be all over that arse like white on rice. Um. I loving my stream, bro. Respect. Thank you very much for loving my stream. It couldn't be possible without people like you watching. So I really appreciate that. AJ said, Jesse Ronson and Francisco Trinaldo are two of many inspirations. Never give up. Never give up, bro. Never, ever, ever, ever give up. And when I, you know, when I kind of made a dick statement earlier saying like maybe some people should give up, like I'm talking about like, you know, if you're taking out loans and you're like fucking like, you know, you can't make your, your you can't pay your bills and you're still gambling, that that's when, you know, that that's when you should give up. But like, if you're on a mission, you know, there, yeah, there's going to be ups and downs in anything you do, but just keep going forward. You know what I'm saying? So I agree with you, AJ, never, ever give up. John G said, you got Brunson next week. Um, probably not. <laughs> I mean, I take it one event at a time, John G. Um, obviously, yeah, you know, I'll look ahead, see what's on the card, this and that, but one week at a time in terms of, you know, researching the fights and making decisions. But um i'm pretty sure i'll like end in that fight um but uh yeah we'll we'll take a look there for sure john g make needs exciting fights yeah i feel you but he's also one and three in the ufc and they're letting uh this kid she might have gone this little you know crushing tour so go ahead and 
give him an easy win. But I feel if they want to, you know, hook him up with a striker just because he, you know, took a couple for the team, that works too. Cloud says, Trinaldo, the ageless wonder, put him to sleep. Yeah, he did. Meek versus Al Hassan. Hey, you guys know I love matching up uh, Al Hassan. Where's my boy Jimmy the drunk at? Where's my boy Jimmy the fucking drunk at? I know he's going to call me out for that, but Meek versus Al Hassan. I like it. Where Doom got a bonus too. Yes, yes, he did, JT. Yes, he did. <laughs> John says, Snoop. All right, so let's see. I think, I think I'm going to wrap this up uh, pretty soon here. So Faber and Snoop drinking gin and juice in the commentary booth. I know. Those were the times, man. Those were the days. And Man, we miss them. The train on that rainwater. The train on that rainwater? What am I missing? John G, speaking of damage, where the hell is Nate Landon? He's celebrating his first UFC win, man. I'm glad you brought him up, though, because so I guess I guess there's a little more time for story time. So Nate Landwer. Obviously, y'all know him. Got that win over uh, Darren Elkins recently. And for those that don't know, he was actually the M1 Global Featherweight Champion, which means he was the champion over in Russia. He was going to Russia as an American, beating Russians in Russia, and he was the champ over there. So he built a following doing that. And Movsar Evloev was always in the same promotion, but uh, you know, I think Evloev actually like has a stake in the company and all that stuff. And he's, he, he's the, the poster boy, you know? And they always had like a thing, but they never ended up fighting. But now they kind of want to fight. So maybe we could see Evloev uh, versus Nate Landwehr. I think that's a very interesting fight. Fire Truck 904 says, Dan, you the man. Half the battle really put in the work. I'm eating good tonight. That Verdun play was class. Thank you so much. Hopefully we can uh, bring uh, more plays like that for the rest of the year, just for the rest of our lives, right? Because, you know, I'm not in this just to go on one little run and, you know, tell people, you know, about, oh, look, look at my hot run. You know, like, dude, we're in year six. Then we're going to be in year seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. Like, I'm in this for the fucking long haul. That's why, you know, it was cool cashing a plus 300. But, you know, it's not like the the end of the world. It's not a make or break situation. Like, I'm going to still be doing this this time next year, a year after, et cetera, et cetera. I'm in this shit for the long haul. So, Tonight was a great night, but now now we got to move on to, to next week. JT says Landwehr versus Rosa is the fight to make that would be popping. Um, yeah, but I don't want to see that. I want to see Arosa. Man, I had a fight for him on on BFP Matchmaking on MMA Radio, where I kind of suggested he fights um, like another prospect. Oh yeah, what about like Yusuf Zalal? I know Yusuf just got matched up with uh, I think Peter Barrett, but I kind of like the idea of Yusuf Zalal versus. Uh, Erosa, I think that's a good. I think that's a good fight. <laughs> Kareem says, "Why do you look like you're about to cry?" That's funny. So, I am about to cry. Cry with joy, man. I'm happy right now. Nah, um, you know it's like two something a.m. But uh, I appreciate you watching. I, I can promise you, all is good over here in ATL. So let me see uh, if y'all got anything else. If y'all if y'all got anything else, I'm gonna wrap this thing up. Uh, Steve says Sabato was his only blemish on the weekend. Yeah, yeah, it sucks. Uh, he he didn't fight. You know, he's got a clear path to victory. But props to props to Alex Cowboy. He did his thing. <laughs> JT says, dude, Sabato moved his boxing coach into his home for two years, only to stand at kicking range and get chewed up like a fucking dingus. I know, right? Story story of the fight. Um, on his end, and then for Alex Cowboy, how relaxed he was, mixing it up to the body, the takedown defense. Y'all saw that sprawl? That was a nasty sprawl, and. It almost seemed like, what's up, Kyle? How you doing, man? 
it almost seemed like uh Alex was reserved in a way, but in a good way, because he didn't want to empty the clip and make the same mistakes he made the last few times that cost him. So, yeah, it, it was uh, one of those things. All right, last thing. Danish Khan says he wants to see Landwehr versus Evlov now. Didn't know that M1 backstory. Yeah, it's really cool, right? Like, you should actually check out, go to Google, or excuse me, go to YouTube after this and type in Nate Landwehr's highlight reel, and you can, like, basically see like he's got this big personality going out there in russia and how well respected he was and uh now that he's in the ufc and he's had a tough road so yeah it's a it's a really cool thing to see man he's been doing his thing jt likes my zalal versus rosa matchup yeah i think it's a good one man let me look at the card of uh, tonight's card real quick and see if i missed anything all right so I feel like we didn't talk about Trinaldo enough. Look, Trinaldo did his thing. He weathered that storm, went out there and knocked the guy out. So, and Jai Herbert, he'll be back, man. Um, but Trinaldo, man, he dug deep. And, you know, he's an ageless wonder. It's amazing how him and Leo Santos are they're still winning fights at this age. It's a, it's awesome to see, man. So I fucking always got love for my boy Trinaldo, Masuranduba, which means like Brazilian Redwood, I believe. Isn't that what it means? So he, he's a beast. Uh, Jesse Ronson, we talked about him. Never give up. Tom Aspinall, easiest money of the year. Tanner Bozer. What about Tanner Bozer? We can't leave this conversation, guys, without talking about uh, Tanner Bozer. So, look, he's he's been very solid in the UFC. But after that Ghana fight, because, you know, he comes out there in the debut, he um, defeats Daniel Spitz by a very dominant decision, right? And then – fought the Ghana fight the only guy to go the distance with Ghana in the UFC but then after that we can talk about the two knockouts and we will in a second but one thing I want to point out he lost like 10 to 15 pounds so the guy kind of took a different approach like after the Ghana fight I guess he felt like man I kind of am the faster guy but maybe if I lose a little bit more weight I can be more effective because you saw the size difference with him and Pizzoa Pizzoa was fucking huge man Pizzoa was like 6'5 or some shit and it didn't even matter the speed of bozer bozer has been making some real gains man some real improvements some real evolution in his game and he's in his prime right now so i like what i'm seeing from bozer so maybe he can get that maurice green fight or i mean i kind of like the the idea of uh because i kind of honestly low-key feel like bozer's kind of ahead of uh maurice green i kind of feel like he's beyond that so i like the idea of uh maurice green and tom aspinall but Aspinall did call out Spivak. I like that fight too, Spivak versus Aspinall. So you could always do the Maurice Green and Bozer fight. Um, it's just my only thing is that I kind of feel like Bozer's kind of kind of beyond that. Y'all agree, right? Don't you think he's kind of ahead of that, or do you think he's he's on that level and it's a good competitive fight? Because I think Bozer would beat uh, Maurice Green. Yep, yep, I agree, Steve. That's uh, what we mentioned. Uh, John G says Tanner Bozer needs that Maurice Green money. I know, right? So Jimmy the Drunk says Evloev minus 400 versus Landwehr. So y'all think he would outwork him or would there be some value on uh, Landwehr there or not? You know, is it a tough matchup? Aspinall, uh, Spivak, Safan. Yeah, I think so too. Oh, he, John thinks Spivak might whoop uh, on Tommy. You think so? I mean, I don't know about whoop on him, but maybe kind of control him. Again, this that might be the fight where we need to find out like what happens if he hits a third round uh, type ordeal um okay panny kian's ad you know great job to her she definitely edged that one out uh congrats ramazan amiv the clinch master did his thing and then nathaniel wood um 
Nathaniel Wood was just slightly sharper uh, than this kid. Uh, the kid fought tough. Look, the kid came into the UFC with, with a lot of experience, but Nathaniel Wood, uh, he needed he needed to get a win. He needed a taste of victory again, get some confidence back. So now we'll put him in a tough fight again and see what he does from there. All right, guys, any last questions y'all got for me, or, or am I cool to wrap this thing up? Y'all let me know. Y'all got like a 10-second countdown between me taking another sip of this water and closing out the live stream. Anything else y'all want to know? Life advice betting advice any question whatever the case may be my favorite food <laughs> my favorite band whatever i'm down all right sc says bozer needs a big name like arlovsky hey yes 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 great thinking dude always give the prospects the arlovsky test and i think bozer is more than capable of passing so i like where your head's at Sydney says, what do you think about Craig going forward? Same thing I thought about Craig uh, going into this fight. You know, Craig, uh, Paul Craig, it's Paul Craig. You know, if you're not on your P's and Q's, he can submit guys. He can come back. But, you know, I think he's going to struggle against the top 10. But let him have these fun fights. It's Paul Craig. He's going to stay with the company for a long time. He wants a prediction for Aspinall versus Chase Sherman. Ooh, that's a tough one because Chase Sherman looked a lot better in his return. He's also a guy that's paid his dues. Uh, I'll go with Aspinall. Um, maybe he can get it to the mat. Favorite color? That perp. That purple. You already know. All right. Dixon says, Paul Craig subs John Jones. <laughs> I know, right? Cloud says, uh, thank you. Looking forward to the next uh, pod. Appreciate that. Next for Paul Bearjew Craig. Uh, let me see these rankings. So next for the Bearjew. It's funny because he beat a top 15 guy in Magomed and Kaliv. Um, I'm not quite sure. I got to think about it, honestly. Sorry to give you a I don't know answer. I know that's not what you want. All right, fuck it. I'll pull up the goddamn roster. I got you, bro. So what about like Iwan Kutalaba? Uh, no, he's fighting Magomed and Kaliv. Um, I don't know. It's tough. There's a lot of different directions you could go with uh, Paul Craig. Um, so we'll have to see what they want to do. Sorry I don't have an answer for you. Who does Trinaldo get in his welterweight debut? So it's funny you asked that because I was actually thinking that Jay Herbert should move up to 170. And people will think, you know, he's kind of skinny and stuff. But yeah, if he puts on 15, you know, pounds and he might be able to take shots a little better. Cause going into this fight, I did think he was kind of chinny, but maybe, maybe it's actually uh Herbert that needs to move up. I know Trinaldo missed weight, but this is the first time he's missed weight. So let's let's see if it's a ongoing occurrence before we, you know, jump to conclusions. Cause as of right now, and uh, multi-fight career that's the first time he's missed weight so let's not hold it against him yet john g wants to see trinaldo and perry i'm down for it there's so many fights you can do with a guy like perry you know nico price razak al hassan right i always love to match him up so yeah all right guys thank you very 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 much for tuning in to this recap live stream i really appreciate it I'm gonna try to make this a regular thing after the fights so truly appreciate y'all support make sure you follow me at best fight picks my plays are available at bestfightpicks.com Subscribe to Half the Battle, the weekly podcast. You already know. Uh, Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Stitcher, everywhere. Everywhere you can get podcasts, you can find Half the Battle. So you already know. And then I got my new show, the Line Movement MMA Betting Show with Dan Tom. So you can find that at linemovement.com or line underscore movement uh, on Twitter. And then I also do the Patreon show with Brett Appley, Kyle Marley, and Sun Tzu, you know, for the drafting side of things. Uh, it's called Daily Fan MMA Radio. So those are all the places y'all can check me out. Half the Battle is my pride and joy. That's my show. So thank you all so fucking much. 
for everything. I truly appreciate